Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Happy Father's Day, Dad. I love you. Happy Father's Day. Mm, thanks for everything you've done for me. I hope you have a happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. I love you. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Daddy. I love you. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. I love you, Dad. Happy Father's Day, Daddy. I love you. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Happy Father's Day, I love you. Happy Father's Day, Dad, I love you. I wish you a happy Father's Day. Well, good morning, Fellowship Church. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. You know, find a father, tell them Happy Father's Day, and tell them they look good. How many of you know God is faithful? He's faithful, and his promises are yes and amen. Come on, put your hands together. Come on. Free and free. 
You know, as a, as a father, I think one of the things I've, I, I want to be as much as possible is consistent. consistent. Consistently loving, kind, generous, but I'm not perfect. And you guys, I mean, BJ and I were talking earlier about how he's just so encouraged by watching other fathers, like, doing the right thing, and, and it encourages us, right? We encourage one another in that. The truth is, we're not, we're not perfect. And thank God we don't have to be. But he's the same God. That in, in my place, he can be that. He can be strength. He can be courage. He can be consistent in love, in kindness, in gentleness. In, in, as a warrior, he can be all those things for me. And as I just pursue him, as we all just pursue him, we tap in to that perfection. Though we can have our shortcomings, He covers us. He covers them. So I want to just pray for all the dads in the room right now, future dads. I just want to lift you up because there could be a lot of pressure and a lot of weight on that. The enemy tries to, to really heap on a lot of stress. I just want to lift you up right now. Jesus, Father, thank you for being dad for us. That no matter our, what our worldly fathers are like or what our story is, God, you are the same God. Father, eternally loving, strong, compassionate, comforting, sacrificing. Father, I pray that we can feel your heart today. That we praise your name, Father, God of the universe. The one true God, we praise your name. And I pray over every single dad listening to this later or in this room right now. And I pray you can lay your hand on them. That they can feel your love. They can feel your strength. They can feel your, your faith. They can feel your hope. They can feel you. good. He is good. All right, well, for everybody that's in the room, find somebody, tell them good morning, tell them they look good. Find your way to your seats. For those of you that are here online with us, thank you so much for tuning in. We love to see you. So let us know where you're watching from if you're celebrating Father's Day out and away from the valley and you're tuning in with us, engage with us. We'd love to see your comments, put some emojis in there. And if any of you need some prayer, Navigate yourself over to our website. We'd love to pray with you live right now. If you consider yourself a guest or a visitor here at uh, Fellowship, we just want to say welcome. And one of the best ways to just connect with us and hear more about our ministry is to text the word fellowship to 94,000. That will get you in contact with the staff and an invitation to our guest reception. But you can just come to the guest reception as well. You can find it on the Church Center app under the Events tab. You can just register there. It's a free breakfast that happens in between services. Our next one is going to be on July 10th. So if you just want to take a tour of our facilities, ask some questions, meet some staff, uh, we just want to hear your story. That's a great way for us to be able to connect with you. So if a guest reception is something that interests you, again, you can text the word fellowship to 94,000 or find it on the Church Center app. Last week was an amazing week here. We baptized 51 people at 4640 Student Center in between services. It was amazing. It was amazing to watch, I mean, entire families get baptized. We had families so big, we didn't have enough pastors in the water to be able to, to baptize them all. And it was so great to see and, and see you guys take next step in your relationship with Jesus. Baptism is a wonderful next step that we have. And the truth is, we all have 
a next step in our relationship with Jesus. He's always calling us into something new, something more, something deeper. And a ba- baptism is a great way to start growing in our relationship. But if you want to know what your next step looks like, no matter where you are, if you've followed Jesus for 30 years or you met him last week, he has something next for you because he's limitless. If that's something that you want to jump into, you can stop by our East Pergola over here. Our Next Steps team would love to just see what that could look like here. Or you can feel free to contact us online as well. Baptisms were so awesome last week. Well, we're going to continue uh, the worship of our great God with the giving of tithes and offerings. A lot of different ways to give here. Um, Scanning the code is pretty much the easiest way to do that. And um, I just want to be able to pray a prayer of blessing over everybody who's in financial need or financial stress. I know that can be tough and that can be hard in a lot of different ways. And as the summer and the gas prices go up, our stress can go up too. So I just want to pray over you guys in that regard. Jesus, thank you, God, for everything that you're doing in our life. And we know, God, that, that you will provide. You say that. And so, Jesus, as, as the offerings and the tithes come in, I pray you lay your hand of blessing on all of those. And, Father, if there's families in, in need and people that have financial stress on them, God, I pray that you can sweep that off. And we just ask you uh, to pour out your love and, and your provision, God. We trust you, and giving is a way that we can love you back. So, Father, I pray that we can, we can feel that from you. Lord, we love you. We thank you in your heavenly name. Amen. Well, thank you again for spending your Father's Day uh, Sunday with us. Enjoy the rest of today's service. third part of our Hold On series. Hope you guys have enjoyed that. This is our last week uh, with, with this particular series. And as I was thinking about this particular message, something happened a, a few months ago that was just it just fit perfectly. So I wanted to tell you this story. And you know that I love kids and talk about kids camp and youth camp and kids conference. And then I always go back uh, in children's ministry and just help out from time to time just because I love children, and that's where I got my start in ministry, cut my teeth in youth camps and, and that kind of thing. So uh, I went, uh, a few months ago, I went back into children's ministry, and one of the things that we make sure of, and one of the things that our staff, our children's staff make sure of, and they're so good at it, is that when we have visiting families, and it's their first time, or maybe their second time, and their kids are new to children's ministry, we want to make sure that their kids have a great experience, but we want to make sure also that the parents can stay in service. Now, a lot of times with new children, they come back and it's a little overwhelming to them. They have some separation anxiety and they they might cry a little bit and um, be a little bit upset. And, you know, if that happens, we want to make sure that we kind of separate them from from the other kids. Because understand that that when when, when it comes to kids crying in a classroom, it's kind of like an atomic reaction that happens. You know, it just just spreads and then all of the kids start crying. And so what we do is we'll take the child that's crying and we'll just take him out in the hallway. And that's why we have uh, stuff in the hallway with as far as toys and that kind of thing to kind of distract them and just get them more comfortable. And they're really, really good at that. Well, when I went back, Sarah had a little boy. His name was Finn. He was two years old and it was his, I think, second time and he was crying he was super super upset and then that chain reaction kind of happened and we had another one that was crying so she said hey Tim if you could take Finn I'm gonna go get this other uh, little girl and, and then maybe we can try to calm them down together and so man I, I just man, I was trying to work all my magic I was talking to him and I was I pull out this thing where I, I, I sneeze like Donald Duck because that usually does, you know, something to the kid. Usually either scares them or makes them like me. And I just, you know, and you go, <laughs> that does it. it. It, Yeah, but that wasn't working with Finn. It didn't work. He was still crying. He was still upset. So then I started talking. I'm like, Finn, you know, mom and dad will be back. They're, they're just in service. And, and Finn had what I call the, those, those hic, hic, kind of hiccup trauma uh, uh, reactions where he's like, <laughs> Mom, 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 dad will be back. And I'm like, yeah, mom and dad will be back. Mom and dad are in church. Mom, mom and dad are in church. Yep, mom and dad are in church. Finn, it's going to be fine. And, and, and they'll be back soon. They'll be back soon. I'm like, yeah, they'll be back soon, Finn. And then I looked at him. I said, you know what? It'll be fine. And he's like, it'll be fine. And I'm like, yeah, Finn, it'll be fine. And the more I said, it'll be fine, the more Finn relaxed. And then before you knew it, he was kind of leading me. He was looking at me going, 
it'll be fine. I'm like, yeah, Finn, it'll be fine. It's going to be fine. And so he calmed down, and he was able to enjoy the rest of the service, and his parents were able to stay in the, in the worship center, and then they came and picked him up. Well, a couple of weeks later, I went back, and I just like to check on those kids to see if they've, if they've uh, uh, come around and they've, be, they've become more comfortable in our classroom. So I went to the two-year-old's two class, and I saw Finn in the class, and I'm like, hey, Finn, how you doing, buddy? And he looked at me, big old smile on his face, and he goes, it'll be fine. It was awesome. And so we actually have a video of Finn saying, it'll be fine. Here you go. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> He's got those Sean Cassidy locks. Did you love that hair? I used to have hair like that at one point. But the next day, one of the things that we always do here at Fellowship is on Mondays, we get the staff together and we talk about all the cool things that happened over the last week. We praise God for what he has done and we tell stories and maybe about baptisms or salvations or, you know, this happened in a deliverance service. And so we really want to praise God, whether it, uh, it happened on Tuesday night with high school or a middle school on Wednesday night or maybe in one of our classes or small groups. And so when we were in there, I was like, I got to tell this story. So I told the story uh, to our staff that I just told to you. And before you know it, it's kind of a part of our vernacular here at Fellowship Church now. Things kind of go wrong, and we look at each other and go, it'll be fine. And in the last seven months, I mean, I've gone through some stuff that it was just really just a struggle. And I've tried to talk through it with some different people. And then, you know, right in the middle, I just say, you know, it'll be fine. Because Finn knew the truth. Finn accepted the truth, that it is going to be fine. And Finn and the Lord through Finn has ministered to me over the last seven months. And I hope that that ministers to you. Because here's the thing. We worry about a lot of stuff. We're fearful about a lot of things. And a lot of things that we're fearful of, we have in common. In fact, there's four things that we're going to talk about this morning that's super, super common when it comes to the things that we worry about. The first of which is our future. We worry about our future a lot. I think over the last two years, we as Christians have probably worried about the future more than any other time in our life. But the truth is, is people have been worrying about their future forever, since the beginning. Even in Jesus' day, they were worried about their future. And Jesus knew that. He knew that people were worrying, that they were, they, they, they were worrying about tomorrow. So he writes this scripture, he, he, says, these, he uh, says these words, and the scripture was written from what he said. And we sang about it earlier in the service today. He says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink, or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Have you ever done that? Have you ever kind of thought to yourself, you know, if I worry about this situation, then maybe it won't come to fruition. If I worry about it enough, if I do my time in worrying and fretting over this situation, then maybe that'll keep it from happening. And what we see is, is not only does it add another day to your life, but science shows that those that carry stress and carry worry around actually take moments away from their life. As I was preparing for this message, I thought to myself, it's, and it's so true, is I, you know, I can't even remember now 99% of the things that I have lost sleep over in the past. Isn't that true? I mean, how many times have we laid awake at night worrying about something? Just, oh man, is this, is this going to happen or, or could this happen or whatever. We run through all the scenarios in our mind and we don't get a good night's sleep and it doesn't change the outcome at all. And then a few weeks later, you can't believe that you lost sleep over what you lost sleep over. It's so true. Verse 28 says, and why worry about your clothing? Look at all the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? He's like, guys, don't you understand how much God loves you? Don't you understand how much he's going to take care of you? 
So he says, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. A few weeks ago, Amanda and Julie were talking, and Amanda and Julie are our worship uh, pastors here at Fellowship, and they do such a good job. They are so awesome. I love them. I love spending time with them. They are just great, great ladies. And the other day, Amanda was talking to Julie, and she's kind of worried about something that was coming up and, you know, saying, you know, we need to get this done. We need to figure this out. And Julie's response was, I'm not going to worry about that right now. That's future Julie's problem, right? That's so true. You know, why am I worrying about something that hasn't even happened yet? That's, that's future Tim's problem. He's the one that's going to have to deal with that. Well, the truth is, is that God has us. He's always taking care of us, and he always will. It doesn't matter who is in office. It doesn't matter what the gas prices are. It doesn't matter what war is breaking out in the world. God has us. He has our future, and that future is secure in him. So we worry about our future. Another thing that we worry about a lot is our finances. I mean, especially when things get crazy. It's very easy for us to fall into the trap of worrying about our finances. Now, anytime I talk about finances and it talk about uh, stewardship, I, I always worry that people will think, oh, you know, that church, they just want our money. Or he's just, oh, here he goes. He's talking about money again. Now, understand this, especially in times that are hard. And, and right now, it's tough. With, with inflation and everything that's going on, they're saying a family of four is spending an average $800 more a month with inflation right now. So you, you have to understand where my heart is in, in this situation. I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want to try to push you to do something. What I want to do is I want to try to help you go from the world's economy under God's economy. Going from what the world says and what, what God promises. Because see, he gave us the, the promise in Scripture, and he tells us, hey, I don't want you to worry about your finances. In fact, if you stay faithful, if you just give your 10%, I'm going to take care of the rest. And he promises certain things, five things he promises us when we stay faithful with our finances or our stewardship. And it's written in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. The Bible says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. And what that Scripture means is, is that you bring all your tithes, so your whole 10% into the storehouse or where you were being fed from, the, 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 the body of Christ that you're being uh, fed from. And he says, if you do, says the Lord of the heaven's armies. And you notice he always says that, Lord of the heaven's armies. So this is the God of creation here that's going to come through for you. He says, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. He says, you're not supposed to test the Lord? But in this situation, test me. Your crops, uh, say, I will pour out blessings so great you won't have enough for him to take it in. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of the heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of, he of the heaven's armies. Now you, you read that, and you, you go, now how does that translate over to 2022 economics. Well, there's five I wills, five I wills in this scripture, five things that God says he's going to do when you stay faithful. The first he says is I will open up the windows of heaven for you. Well, what does that mean? If you ever wanted a little piece of heaven on earth, then tithe. He will open up the windows of heaven. When you open up the windows in your home, it's to look outside or to get a breath of fresh air. Or maybe to get a new perspective. I mean, we open the windows so that we might be able to see. And so many times we worry because we can't see. We can't, we can't see because of our doubts. We can't see because of our unbelief. And God is saying, you open up the windows and, and I, you're going to see a whole different world. And a new faith will come upon you. You just give. The second thing he says is, I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. He doesn't say trickle. He doesn't say sprinkle. 
He doesn't say, I'm going to distribute sparsely. It says, pour. I'm going to pour out blessing. And man, when you, he wants to pour out blessing to the point where you can't even hold it all in. Now you might say, well, that's kind of wasteful that he's going to pour out so much blessing on me that it's, it's going to overflow. I mean, isn't that wasteful? No, he wants to pour so much blessing on you so that you can bless others around you. You see, God may want to use you as an instrument to bless somebody else. And when you're giving, he will pour that blessing out to a, an abundance to where you can help somebody else. God may be blessing you just for that very purpose. Then third, the third I will is I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. You might say, well, I'm not a farmer. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't live in Palisade. I don't, I don't get that. Well, another version says locusts, okay? So something that will come in and devour your crops. And during those days, instead of money, a lot of times they would use their crops, whatever they, the, whatever they grew, or maybe their livestock. And so they would use that to trade. Now imagine you are in uh, Palisade and you do have a peach orchard. One of the things that you would find very soon as a farmer or somebody that's in agriculture is that when spring comes around, you live by an alarm that tests the temperature outside every morning. And when that, if that alarm goes off, it tells you your crop is in danger. And so you get up early in the morning and you go out and you, you turn the heaters on and you, you turn the, the, they turn the big windmills on to stir the air because that crop is so important to them. That's what feeds them for the rest of the year. And so if a freeze hits them, their entire income can be wiped out for that year. Or if maybe you, you farm corn or you farm some other uh, 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 crop, understand that insects can come in and they can, they can rob all your profits. And so this is what God is saying. He said, I'm going to protect you from that. He's going to protect you. He's going to protect your stuff. He's going to protect your car from breaking down. He's going to protect your roof on your house from needing to be fixed. He's going to protect you from doctor's bills. That's what that means. I, the Lord says, I'm going to protect you. I am going to hold back the pests from your life. Man, that's a strong promise. Then he says, I will prevent the vines from premature delivery of their fruits. Now, when it comes to financial blessing, timing is everything. Job openings, pay raises, investments. You know, buying and selling a home, whew, if you can buy low and sell high, I mean, that, that, that's what this scripture promises, is that God will make sure that timing is in your favor. He's going to bless you financially with timing. And he's the creator of time. He's the author of it, so he can bless you with that timing. And then fifth, and this actually goes down to verse 17 in the same chapter. It says, they will be my people, talking about us, on the day when I act, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient and dutiful child. Another scripture says, which is the, first, the fifth I will, I will spare them as a father spares a favored son. I'll do favors for you, he says. I'll spoil you. Now, maybe you've never been spoiled. Maybe you weren't, maybe you were in a family and, and you knew that somebody else was, was the apple of your father's eye and you weren't that. But man, you got to understand, with our heavenly father, we're all the apple of his eye. He wants to spoil all of us. He wants to bring favor upon all of us because he loves us all equally. He loves us all as his treasured, uh, as, as his cherished treasure. That's so amazing, especially on a Father's Day weekend, when you think about the fact that we're honoring our fathers, we all should, should honor our Heavenly Father. I mean, He's the ultimate dad, right? He's the best. He's the best at it. And so when we, when we, uh, when we give, He promises, man, I'm going I'm to love you, I'm going to spoil you as a favored child. And now you, maybe you have been spoiled as the favored child. Maybe you were the favorite. And here's the thing. You know you were the favorite. Quit telling your brothers and sisters, no, 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 no. They've they treated us all the same growing up. Who are you fooling? You are the favorite child. But if you were the favorite child, it can't even compare to being the favorite child of your heavenly father. What he can do for you, how he can bless you, how he can take care of you, it's like nothing you've ever seen. 
So he, he spares us, uh, uh, he spares us as a favored son when we give to him. So, so whether it's our future or whether it's our finances, the truth is, is that God is there for us. He's always been there for us. And all we have to do to initiate that favor and that blessing financially in our lives is we just give. We just give our 10%. And I don't know how his economics work because I don't understand it. I don't understand how I can give 110% and he makes that more than the 100% I ever had. It's, it's God money. It's God, it's God math. I can't figure it out, but somehow he does it. And we could line up person after person on our stage that talks about the blessing of tithing in their lives. Well, here's another thing we worry about. Our kids, right? Sometimes our kids freak out. Sometimes they go astray. Sometimes they make poor choices. And many times it has nothing to do with how well you parent. Right? Isn't that frustrating how you can be in a big family and like you, you five kids and four of them are fine and they turn out good and then there's the one that flips out, that makes all the bad choices, that all the other kids learn from. And those parents, and, and here, here's the thing, guys, as parents, what do we do? We go, what, what did I do wrong? What did I do different? What, how, did I, how did I do anything different with the ones that are making good choices versus the one that's going nuts? It's just the way life is. And people are people of free will. And our kids are going to make their own choices. I love the scripture. It's in Proverbs 22, 6, and we use this all the time. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. It's a great scripture. And man, we hold to that. But Jesus wrote about the prodigal son in scripture, or he speaks of the prodigal son, and then, and they wrote about what he said. And the reason he does that is he understands kids, and he understands they're going to do stuff sometimes that we are not okay with. And so he writes of this dad who has this child, and the child freaks out, and the child decides, I'm going to leave, I'm going to run away, I want my inheritance now, and I'm going to go do life on my own. And he does, and of course he goes out and he blows it, blows all the money in a very short period of time. And before you know it, he's eating with the pigs. He's so poor, he's eating with the pigs. And then he humbles himself and he brings himself back to his family. And his father's just waiting there for him with open arms to love on him, to welcome him back into the family. And Jesus tells that story so that we won't lose hope, so that we won't stop praying. Because sometimes our kids are going to flip out and they're going to do stupid stuff. But God has them. So when that happens, what we have to do is relinquish control of our kids to the Heavenly Father. It's like, you're the ultimate dad, God. You're the only one that can fix them. The more I try to fix them, the more I try to rescue them, the worse they are or the worse that they get. And so, guys, if, if you have a wayward child right now, if you have a prodigal that's out there running from God and running from the truth and running from good decisions, know God has them. Never stop praying for them. Never give, hope, give up hope because the Lord will bring them back according to his promises. Now, here's another thing we, we, we worry about a lot. And if it's not for ourselves, a lot of times it's for others. And that's, that's our health. Our health. Now, when we're young... And we take our health for granted, right? I mean, we don't think about it. We totally take it for granted. But the older I get, the more I hurt. The more I hurt. And I used to could sleep through the night and actually sleep in. I could do that. That was so cool. Now my body wakes me up. It wakes me up at like 6.30. From all my injuries and stupid decisions that I made, you know, I've done some things to myself where, man, I, I, I just, I don't sleep through the night very well. And, and, and I get up in the morning and, and I, I, I get up because my body is aching. Now, I, truthfully, I've had some injuries that have caused me pain in that way, but, but I've never really been sick. I mean, I, I had shingles uh, a couple years ago and those are awful. I mean, awful. Shingles are, you don't want those. You never, never want to, oh, they're, they're horrible. But I got through that. It was like six weeks of pain, but I got through it. But I've never been sick like I was sick uh, last October when I got COVID. And I went into it with the attitude of, oh, you know, COVID. <laughs> I'll take some, some, uh, some, some uh, cold medicine. I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I, you know, I, I'll be back to work in just a few days. And it knocked me out. I was so sick. 
for a full month. It took me months to recover. I lost like 20 pounds, and, uh, but it wasn't like a, a good loss of weight. I looked, so, I looked so old and feeble. I had pneumonia. I mean, it was, I was so weak that I couldn't get out of bed to let my dogs out. That's how weak I was. And when you get that sick, man, you don't take for granted your health. I remember thinking to myself, I just can't wait to feel good enough to go to a restaurant with my family again. I looked forward to that. And guys, there's times with our health, and maybe you haven't felt that kind of way before, but you have family members, and you're so concerned about them because they are in the middle of the fight for their life. Know this. God has our health. His word says in 149 times in Scripture how he will heal us, how he is capable of healing us, how he, will, how he will bless us, how he will take care of us. And I'm telling you right now, when you think about how many times God has healed you, in fact, as a testimony this morning, if you would say at some point in your life, you know that God has healed you in some way physically, would you raise your hand just as a testimony? Okay, everybody right? He's the great physician. He can do whatever he wants. He can totally heal you. Now you might ask, well, why, why then do we get sick? Why then do we have to go through the things that we have to go through with our health? Why do we have to see family members get sick? Well, understand, we're just aliens on this planet. This is not our forever home. Of course, at some point, we're going to meet our maker. And because we know Jesus, thank God, we have a hope and a future. Paul, in his word, as he writes, he's talking about the fact, he goes, you know, I'd like to live because, you know, I, I would continue to f further the work of the Lord and I could still do more good. But the truth is, is that to die is to gain. Like if I were to die, I would just go to heaven. And that's the truth when it comes to us too. The worst thing that could happen, I could die. And then I would just be in paradise. So when it comes to our health, know that the Lord can heal whatever he wants. A lot of times we aren't healed because he's trying to teach us something. I know when I was flat on my back for those many weeks and that sick, he was trying to tell me, Tim, never take for granted your health. Appreciate every day you have. This is going to pass. I'm going to heal you. Because, no, I wasn't getting any meds to get any better. The Lord healed me. But he was saying, I got you. You're gonna, this too shall pass. You were going to be healed. And over the last couple of weeks, it has been incredible to hear of the incredible stories and testimonies of people that, that have all of these things that have happened within their finances and their health and their life that has just been incredible. God loves you. He has you. Now, maybe I didn't talk this morning about something that you're worried about. Maybe it's something else. But whatever it is, he wants to give you the peace that passes all understanding. He wants you to know and to have faith and trust that he is going to make everything all right. So as we close this morning, I just want you to listen to the words of this song. And I want it to minister to your heart. And that it would, it would just, in fact, I just want to pray that in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, now, as we sit here, I pray that this music would come from you straight to our soul, straight to our mind, our will, and our emotions. And I pray, Lord God, that you would minister to us in our seats, that we would know everything's going to be all right. There's a name that can silence every fear. There's a love that embraces the heartache, the pain, and the tears. Through my faith and my doubting, I know one thing for sure. Oh
answers say I won't last through the night. I need your word to hold me now, need you to pull me through. I need a miracle to break through. I need you. They say you hold the whole universe in your hands, but my words falling apart like it is made of sand. Am I small enough to slip through the cracks? Can you take my broken pieces and put them back? Give me faith to believe you are on my side. Open my eyes to see you working in my life. Let my past remind me you never fail and tell my soul it is well. Oh, it all va a estar bien. Everything will be all right. The world's in his hands. Your world's in his hands. In the darkness and the trials, he's faithful and he's true. The world's in his hands. It all va a estar I wonder if you'd stand with me this morning as we close. And whatever it is that you're worried about, whatever it is that's tried to keep you up at night, I wonder if you'd just give it over to him. That you'd hold on to his promise that everything's going to be all right. So, Lord, we just give that to you. Whatever it is, God, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it is our finances. Maybe it's our business. Maybe it's some friends. God, you're the only one that can fix it. And I pray right now that you would just bind up an evil spirit of fear, bind up an evil spirit of worry, bind up an evil spirit that would cause us to have anxiety. I pray in Jesus' name that you'd bind those evil spirits up. You'd cast them out of us in Jesus' name no room within us. And I pray that that void that might be left would be filled, Holy Spirit, with you. Your love and your joy and your peace and your patience and your kindness and your gentleness and your goodness and your self-control. We love you, God. We want to be reliant on you. And thank you, Lord, that our hope and our future is secure in you. We love you, Lord. Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before you leave, I wonder if we can just do this as therapy. And if we would just repeat after me the wise words of Finn, right? It'll be fine. So one, two, three, it'll be fine. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on a cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you have just prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with one of our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you need prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting prayer support to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. 
If this is your first time experiencing Fellowship Church or you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again and we hope to see you next week in person or online.